Amen. Thank you, choir. What a wonderful looking choir up there. Appreciate the joy of that ministry, worshiping the Lord, and grateful for those who participate. I want to talk this morning about the young church at Thessalonica, as we've been doing a series on dynamic ministry. And, you know, I titled this thing, Keep Watch, but the thing that kept coming back in my mind as as I've been praying about this message is really more wake up than keep watch. And when I look at that this morning, I believe that one of the devil's main strategies, guys, is to put us to sleep. You know, when you dream, uh, sometimes it can seem so vivid. And then when you wake up, you might remember it for a few hours. But it doesn't really impact your life after you wake up. And I believe that's the way the devil really wants us to view God and His truth and His Word. You know, people, they may come to church, they grow up in the church, they're exposed to church, and they say, yeah, I I believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I believe that the Bible is true. But they treat it more like a dream, more like something that's vivid. But, you know, when it comes time to really get up and move through the course of life, we'll just leave it there and not let it impact us, not impact who we are. And so the hope that the devil has is, yeah, you'll say Jesus is real and and the Bible is true, but once you leave the confines of a church building, that's it. It's done. And that you'll stay asleep, although you've been exposed to light. And then if, if a person gives his or her heart to Jesus Christ, the devil's next stage is that you'll be asleep in the light. Yeah, you've been touched by the light and the light has entered you, but let's keep it to yourself and stay asleep in the light. Guys, God wants us to awaken from our slumber. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. For the church to impact the world, for the church to be who God wants us to be, we gotta wake up. We've gotta be alert. We've got to, to come awake from the slumber so that we know that God is here. That God is among us and that, that God is ready to work through us. You see, there was some confusion. In the early church, last week we looked at the comfort of His coming and and, uh, friends, loved ones had already died and there was a worry, there was a concern that those who had already died would miss Jesus, would miss His coming, would miss His return. Paul wanted to correct that thinking. And and that's what we looked at last week. But this week, I I believe the emphasis is more on it's not enough to, to hear the truth It is not enough to be exposed to the truth, but the truth must take hold of you, must change you, must be in you and through you and a part of you. And as I look at America, as I look at our churches that are all around us, that dot our community, you know, we've got many churches, we do convenience stores, I I think, possibly around us, but are we awake? 
And uh, that's the question. Let's turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to look at the first 11 verses this morning as we look at Paul's admonition for God's people to wake up, to be awake. First Thessalonians chapter 5, I want to ask when you find that to stand in God's honor as a show respect to Him as I read aloud. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith, and love is a breastplate, and the hope of salvation is a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you, we need, Lord, we need you to speak. I thank you for your spirit working through this service thus far. And I don't want your spirit to be hindered in any way as we come to this time, Lord. We just need to hear from you. God, I don't pretend to be anything special, but I am yours. And so I just ask, Father, that you might take this time and that your Holy Spirit might be at work and that you might speak and that we might hear and that we might be awakened. Thank you, Lord, for your love. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. You know, there's a lot of stuff in life that can scare you. As I thought about dreams, there are good dreams, but there are also nightmares. And I don't know what this says about me other than I'm a nut, which I knew. But when I was a kid, I always loved superheroes. Like any other kid, I dream about monsters. And it didn't, you know, I didn't really get all upset or freak out about monsters because I had this crazy way of dealing with my monsters and my nightmares. I would take on superpowers like in some of these comic books and I'd whip that old monster. It worked pretty good for me. And, and what was that about in my dreams? Fortunately, I was able to somehow take control of this fear and this terror. And I think there's always been a longing and a desire among people to know the future, to know what is going to occur so that we can somehow take control of those fears and conquer the fears and be victorious. And, and so there's people who, you know, they're into horoscopes, they're into fortune tellers, they're into knowing... What comes next so that there can be a security and there can be a confidence? And those of us who are in Jesus Christ, 
We get snapshots. We get glimpses of what is going to occur next. Uh, notice here in First Corinthians, I mean First Corinthians, First Thessalonians chapter five, it says, "Brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you." Times, speaking of the end times where there are signs of, of the times that, that we're able to see of the future that's before us, where there are dates, and dates are speaking about specific, exact occurrences that will happen as the Scriptures speak about this. And, you know, it's exciting as we think about the Lord returning and the Lord coming back. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who have been saved by His glorious work, it's an exciting, comfortable, rewarding, assuring time. But for those who have not trusted Jesus Christ and His forgiveness that was finished at Calvary, man, it's a nightmare for what awaits. Because the Bible says that we start out condemned, but that He has to set us free. That He has to, He has to work and to offer the forgiveness. You know, He's done the work, but He reaches out to us and says, accept, receive what I have done. And if we don't, guys, then what awaits us is not good. It's a nightmare, not not a dream. But for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, it is a dream. And around us as we look, uh, we're in this season of the last days, and, and we're going to look at that in a moment as, as we look at the text this morning. I want to look at three specific points uh, that are in this text. We're going to see that the day of the Lord is coming, that the deniers of the Lord are sleeping, and that the disciples of the Lord are watching. You know, it's interesting, uh, in the early church, that there was a real anticipation of the return of Jesus Christ. And it seems at times we, we've lost some of that in the modern church. Uh, matter of fact, listen to this quote from Alexander McLaren, a preacher of another generation. He, he wrote... Uh, The early church thought more about the second coming of Christ than about death or heaven. They were not looking for a cleft in the ground called a grave, but a cleavage in the sky called glory. They were not watching for the undertaker, but for the upper taker. We must be watching and waiting, walking worthy, working willingly, witnessing wisely. Paul, as he talks and as he gives this admonition to to keep watch, to wake up, he's speaking about the future events that are going to occur. And he starts out and he mentions that the day of the Lord will come. You know, it's not politically correct to talk about judgment, to talk about hell, to talk about condemnation, but it's biblically correct. It might not be PC, but it's BC. And, And we're going to look at that this morning as we open up in this section of Scripture He talks about the day of the Lord. He says, for you know very well, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. I want to just read a couple of verses in the Old Testament because the day of the Lord is spoken of many times in the Old Testament. And and guys, it was not a dream come true. It was spoken of as a nightmare that awaits for those who ignore and miss God. In Isaiah 13, 6, Well, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Uh, Drop down a couple verses to verse 9. See, the day of the Lord is coming. A cruel day with wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate 
and destroy the sinners within it. A cruel day, a day of wrath, a day of fierce anger. Man, that's certainly not a popular message. <laughs> now, the book of Amos, it's, uh, read a couple of verses from it that speaks about the day of the Lord. Verses 18, he starts, Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear. As though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light? Pitch dark without a ray of brightness. In other words, it'll be a time of despair. It'll be a time where there'll be no hope. It'll be a time of gloom. You see, we're in a day of grace. But the Bible talks about that one day the day of grace will be no more. It'll be the day of the Lord. Jesus spoke about it in Luke 21. Uh, Turn me to Luke 21. Uh, I want to share uh, several verses from that passage as our Lord speaks about those times that are coming. Luke 21, I start out reading a couple of verses, uh, verse 25. It says, There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what's coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Roaring, tossing of the sea, terror, Jesus about to return. Now as we go back up in Luke, we read about these signs that will occur. Uh, Starting at verse 3, I just read several of these uh, While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. You see, the day of the Lord will be both inclusive and exclusive. That's back in Thessalonians, uh, excuse me. He talks about what will come, what will happen, what will occur it says in verse 4, But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You're all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. It says He's going to come like a, like a thief in the night. This day of the Lord, you can't plan for it. You can't prepare for it. You can't say, well, you know, I'm going to just do what I want to do and I'm going to ignore God and and just at the last moment I'm going to turn to God and I'm going to receive His grace and and I'm going to accept Him and I'm going to miss the judgment and the condemnation. The problem is we're not in control of our lives or in control of the future, so we need to trust the Lord now at this moment not put it off because you may not have the next moment. You need to take God seriously each and every moment. Because you can miss it. And not receive His grace, not receive His forgiveness. That's what the Scripture talks about, and that's so critical. I mean, you know, thieves don't say, they don't call you and say, I'd like to make an appointment. I want to come to your house at 2 o'clock in the morning on the uh, 15th of October to rob you. Would that be okay? No, it doesn't work like that. A thief comes when you don't expect him. 
in, or, in order to rob you. When we uh, were in New York. Now I said I beat up people in my dreams. But I was a chicken in real life when I was awake, okay? Uh, we lived in this apartment in this old two-story house. And the little mission church uh, met below on the first floor. And one night, we were up in our apartment, heard all this noise. And we realized somebody had broken in downstairs. Well, I thought about it. I, am, I was the man of the home. I thought, well, I could go down there. and I could face that uh, assailant. But what if he had a weapon? So being the bold guy I was, I called 911 and just waited quietly. And I remember, you know, the police showed up and I heard all this noise and the guy was, he was scrambling to get away and all this other stuff. But we certainly didn't expect that thief to come or to show up, but he came. And, and, and so we, we need to prepare now because we don't know when that day will come, when it will occur. And we need to be aware of that for those who are around us, those that we love that don't know the Lord. We need to let them know that there's no guarantee that at a later time they can turn to the Lord. Now, now the second one I'll look at here, notice the deniers of the Lord are sleeping. Look at verse 7 in First Thessalonians 5. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk... Get drunk at night. You, you don't want to be like the one who lives in a false hope. Who just goes for any kind of peace, any kind of rest, any kind of escape. Living in a false hope. Trusting in a false hope. Because it is false. You know made me think in the days of Noah, it talks about, you know, here's Noah, and of course we've heard Bill Cosby do his thing about, you know, Noah working on the ark and everything. And it says for 120 years, Noah worked on this ark, and Noah, he spoke about the Lord, and he warned his neighbors, he warned the people that were around him, you need to follow the Lord, because judgment is coming. And you know, 120 years, that's a long time, and so people, you know, they just kind of listened to him, shrugged it off. Ah, oh, that's like a dream. That's not really going to happen. That's not really reality. Go ahead, Noah. Go ahead and talk. And they, it says that they just kept on partying. They kept on doing their thing. And they just ignored God. They just pushed it aside. They didn't really listen to Noah. But then one day, the ark of that door closed. I wonder what that must have sounded like when that ark door closed. Shut! And the rains began to fall. And I can imagine people screaming and shrieking in terror and, and fingernails scratching against the door of that ark, wanting to get in as those rains began to pour. But it was too late! They couldn't get into the ark. The, the door was closed and the rains came. And, and there was screaming and there was terror. And then it was over for them. Because they were too late. To deny the Lord, man, it, it comes to the point where it's too late. It's a day of grace. But it is a day that will pass. And God, he, he speaks clearly, don't be asleep, don't miss me. Because the opportunity will pass. The Spirit of the Lord will not always speak, will not always give invitation and opportunity. There will come a time where our heart is hardened, a time where uh, you may miss Him. Now, thirdly, uh, as I come into this message, I, 
this is speaking to the church. You know, we're speaking to those who haven't trusted Christ, but speaking to the church. He calls to us as well to wake up now. To not be asleep in the light. Verse 5, You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. We need to be spiritually alert, spiritually awake. We live in a day where you know everything's gray. Seems like nothing's black and white. Kind of like the old days where you know you had the cowboy movies and the bad guys wore the black hats and black suits, and the good guys wore the white hats and the white suits. Now it's not always so clear to see in a society that doesn't want to recognize truth, but God's truth is recognizable. And to miss his truth is to miss life. And and he says to, to wake up and to live that light. William Burns says, A Christian is not likely to fall asleep in fire or in deep waters, but he is likely to go drowsy in the sunshine. As I look at America, we are so blessed. I have an old saying, I don't know, years ago I thought of that affluence breeds apathy. And I believe for us, some of our greatest hindrances have been our blessings. We have begun to worship our blessings instead of the one who's given us blessing. And we've taken for granted God and His truth, and His heart. Instead of being awake, has our country around us, man, that's a whole other message. But part of the reason it seems that things are, are, are moving in such a horrible direction in our land is because the people of God seem to be asleep. And God calls for us to wake up. I mean, you don't go to sleep when you're in the fire. You don't go to sleep when you're in a flood. But when you're in the sunshine... You gotta sleep. God wants to awaken us to His truth. He says there in verse 11, encourage one another, build each other up in the fact that you're doing. You know, God says, look around you, the people that are around you that say they love the Lord, but they don't look like they love the Lord. They're not living for the Lord. They look asleep in the light. I think God, when He says encourage one another, I think He's saying, man, you know, privately go to this person you love. Not to make a spectacle of him in front of everybody else. Privately go to him and say, man, what's going on in your life? Do you belong to the Lord? Why aren't you living for Him? Wake up. Wake up, you don't fall into the trap of the devil or, or maybe God wants to use you to bring someone else into the light and He can't use you when you're asleep. Wake up! And there's that, uh, that admonition from the Lord and I believe He says it to all of us. Wake up! I want to close with a, a song by Keith Green, the words to it that has always captured my attention. It's called Asleep in the Light. I think it speaks so clearly about this very subject. Um, Listen to these words. All the people sinking down. Don't you care? 
Don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Oh, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know, that's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds one tear. But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. Oh, can't you see? It's such sin. Because he brings people to your door, and you turn them away as you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace, and all heaven just weeps. Because Jesus came to your door, you've left him out on the streets. Open up, open up, and give yourself away. You see the need, you hear the cries, so how can you delay? God's calling and you're the one, but like Jonah, you run. He's told you to speak, but you keep holding it in. Oh, can't you see it's such sin? The world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave and you, you can't even get out of your bed. Oh, Jesus rose from the dead. Come on, get out of your bed. How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Don't close your eyes. Don't pretend the job's done. Come away. Come away. Come away with me, my love. Come away from this mess. Come away with me, my love. Father... um, Speak to us, Lord. Uh, Why pretend this is not a dream? You are real, and your word is real. Wake us up, oh God. Get a hold of us, Lord. Speak to us. Change us. Move us, God. That this hope we talk about might be evident in us, Lord. I pray this morning as we listen to you, God, and what you have to say to us that uh, we might obey to come to this altar and to pray, to come before your people to publicly say, this is what the Lord is saying to me, speaking to me. Father, to uh, just allow you to work in us, God. We're grateful that you are among us. And Father, we just want you to break out through us, Lord that we might awaken from any slumber and be so awake in you, God. We love you, Lord, and we just ask for you to show yourself. In your name we pray. Amen.